This is the Build Our Future podcast. We shape our buildings, and afterwards our buildings shape us. A window into the past, present, and future of the construction industry. There's still a lot of unlocked doors. Clarity with design, craftsmanship with the build. There's still a lot to find out and do and invent. Collaboration for our future. You know, I don't think it's the end of the invention. The Build Our Future podcast with Raul Faria. Let's build. Begins now. Here we go. Site security. Every firm wants it. Every firm needs it. Carlo DeLeo is here to let us know how best to implement video surveillance and security on small and large projects. Now, he didn't just start out doing this, right? Like, Carlo, what were you doing before? How did this venture of yours morph and become such a value-added necessity in our industry today? Hey, Raul, thanks for having me on uh, on the podcast. Um, yeah, sure. I'll start off uh, with a little background on spotter security. We started in 2004 and uh, I started the company myself um, uh, as a single man shop and uh, slowly started selling uh, security systems and eventually, um, you know, grew the company from there into into what it is today. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that it's been already 16, 17 years. Yeah. It's nuts. Um, you know, I, I still think of myself as as a young guy, but when I start to talk about the company in that uh, in that perspective, it really it really makes me think. Oh wow, I'm getting older. You know what? I'm less than half halfway through yours uh, owning my construction firm, and sometimes I think about all the dips and waves and sideways turns, and, and I'm like, wow, I've actually been yeah. through a lot. So I can only imagine from your side. It's crazy. I mean, you know, you you have when you have a company, you think to yourself, or when you don't have a company, you think to yourself, oh, that's you know, that's easier, or I'll uh, you know, I'll just I'll just start my own company, and um, and then and then when you get started, the first you know, the first couple of years are, are exciting because you go from zero to you know, even even fifty thousand dollars. Sales is is big, a hundred thousand dollars in sales. But uh, you're right. Uh, you know, over the span of uh, sixteen years, you start to look at you know, there's good years and bad years, and and there's a lot of ups and downs. And you know, I, I personally find it all fun, but um, yeah, it's just it's crazy. Yeah. So you guys didn't start in the construction side. You guys started something else, and then kind of you, you saw you you saw a gap in the market potentially, and you were like, maybe we could pro- probably. So how how did like where did you start from, and how did you transition into uh, providing multiple services, including construction? So I, I the background I had was in uh, sales. I mean, I had no no experience in running a business. Um, I was working at IBM, and then another company after that, just selling software uh, to large corporations. So. Um, I, I was getting bored at working at different, you know, for different companies. And I, I just always thought to myself, it'd be great to, you know, to, to sell something on my own, start a company on my own. Um, I realized how easy it was to just approach people in large corporate corporations and, and, and sell them something, or at least pitch them on an idea. Uh, so I was just kind of thinking, okay, what can I, what can I sell? What, what is it that I can sell? Um, and then I, I ran into a friend of mine that kind of gave me some ideas about security and, and that's how I started. Uh, just, uh, I quit my job and I, I started selling security. I started cold calling, um, you know, medium to large businesses out of my parents' basement. Um, and I would look for business basically. So that, that's where we started. We started looking at, uh, in 2004, the technology was moving from, uh, in the video world, it was moving from VCRs over to digital, you know, recording onto uh, hard drive, onto computers. And, and that was like a really big thing at that point. So I just jumped on that opportunity to start calling a lot of these corporations and uh, and pitch them on 
moving their security or their video surveillance platform over from this, you know, these old analog tapes to the new way uh, DVRs. And that's really how it got started. Um, fast forward a few years after that, I mean, I always had the idea to, to replace security guards. Um, I always was trying to think of, you know, how could, anytime you're selling anything, any type of service you're selling to, to a corporation, it either has to make them money or save them save money, money, right? Yeah. So, you know, and security in general is is more of a, it's, it's basically an expense. Uh, so, you know, I always thought, how, how can I save somebody money using security? So we started to look at how can we replace a security guard, somebody that's sitting there for, you know, you're paying, uh, you're paying $20, $25 a, uh, an hour for the security guard uh, to sit there. How can we reduce that using video? But it was a little bit too early in the mid to late 20, uh, 2000 or the 2000s. Uh, it was a little bit uh, too early. And then once we started to get into 2010, 2011, the, um, the technology started to change and, and we started to see some advancements in, uh, in video surveillance. And that kind of really helped um, spur the, the live video monitoring um, service. So with the rise of technology, I'm sure um, uh, with the faster speed of the internet and now going digitally with more digital style uh, video surveillance, and also motion capture, I think that probably uh, got you to pivot a little bit more and, and made your your concept of trying to reduce these costs for corporations much simpler, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was twofold. So first, internet speeds. The uh, you know we saw internet speeds uh, start to get faster and faster over time. Um, but not only internet speeds. What we really needed is uh, mobile internet speeds. So you know. Um, you could every building has internet, but if you have to go put a camera on a pole in the middle of the field, how are you going to get internet there, right? So we needed uh, we need to get mobile uh, cellular uh, internet hubs, and, and that started to come along uh, in the early 2010s. Uh, the second part, which was the major one, was um, the way video surveillance uh, worked. The the idea to replace a security guard with security, you know, somebody watching security cameras you had to be able to have one person monitor multiple sites in order for it to be cost effective. So, you know, where you would pay a security guard $20 an hour, let's say, to stand there for eight hours a day, we couldn't have somebody sit at a monitoring station and watch one site for 20 hours a day, because then what's the point? Um, so what we started to see and what really we started to make it happen was the security technology started to move into what's called video analytics or, or the cameras got smarter. Um, every camera works on motion detection. And really what that means is when the camera, whatever the camera is looking at, anything that moves within the picture is, is basically motion. Um, so we would take that and trigger an alert and, and then, you know, use the internet to send that alert to somebody watching it remotely. The problem with motion is, you know, on a rainy night or on a, on a snowy night, I mean, it's just going to be constantly sending these motion alerts to, to the live agent watching it. And that would just bog them down, uh, staring at one site, uh, which just wasn't feasible. Uh, with video analytics, the difference is the cameras are smart enough to pick up the difference between a person, a vehicle, uh, you know, an animal. And now what we can do is we can ignore all the, the noise, right? So on a rainy night, we can, we can ignore the rain, we can ignore the snow, we could ignore um, you know, the person walking across the street off property that we don't want to watch, uh, we can record it, but we don't want to, we don't want to send an alert. Um, 
And we can say, hey, if, if any person or vehicle comes in this zone or this area, that's what I want to know. That's what I want to see. So now we can take that, that alarm, uh, so to speak, and send it to a live agent. And now that that agent is watching, you know, 10 sites versus one, uh, and they're only watching real-time alerts from those sites. So, um, so yeah, that, that's really what started to change, uh, change right, the so game. So it took like six, eight years for that long-term vision of yours to finally be like, you know what, I think this is starting to be more of a possibility now, right? Yeah, I guess. absolutely. You, you have an interesting terminology once that starts coming out. What is it called? Security in a box, I think? Yeah, I think we call it, it a few different things. I yeah. mean, we call it uh, video, video security guard. Um, and then, uh, you know, we also, we also call it security in a box uh, for rapid deployment sites where, you know, let's say you had, I mean, with what's going on now, we got a lot of buildings that are empty. And, uh, and if you wanted to have like a, a solution deployed quickly, we have, you know, we have cameras in a box basically. Uh, so they have cameras, they have a recorder internet. You just go pop it on a wall, plug it in and, and you can start monitoring that remotely. So nice. But now you guys have, uh, you guys have pivoted a little bit, right? Cause you guys don't necessarily use the cellular technology anymore. You guys predominantly go with the hardwired, hardwired internet, um, in every single system, right? It really depends. Um, okay. It really depends. So on a, on a brand new, like on a, depending on the site. So, you know, we provide security for low rise residential sites, um, which is basically like a subdivision, new subdivision, um, you know, condos, which are going up, new condos that are going up. Uh, and then there's, you know, industrial construction and, and um, uh, different types of them. So if, if hardwired internet is available, that's definitely the way to go. Um, but you know, cellular internet's come a long way. The speeds are are there. Um, they're pretty much equal to to a hardwired uh, connection. Five G. Yeah, knows, I mean, five right? G's not here yet, but not it's, here yet. But who yeah. knows what the capabilities could be, right? Absolutely, yeah. So on a, on a on a construction site, um, you know, residential condo construction site where there's no existing uh, infrastructure, yeah, we definitely have to go cellular. Um, and 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 that's you know that's. The one thing to, to keep in mind when you're when you're doing uh, when you're setting up a, a site is uh, a lot of people feel can I got to re revise that. So one thing that uh, you got to keep in mind about Internet is, you know, so these boxes are security, you know, security in a box that I call them or video security guards are, are the way we build them. Each one has its own cellular modem inside of it. Um, and, you know, if you can picture uh, a new condominium going up, let's let's take those because they're very simple. you got basically a square or a rectangle. Uh, you're going to want to cover the perimeter, right? So we want to watch anybody jumping over that fence or coming into the site. So we basically go four corners and then we watch around the site that way. Um, with Internet, you want to make sure that it's in every single box. Uh, some people will try to cut corners or save money by setting up a wireless network, which basically means you have one box with internet uh, and a high speed modem. If that and goes then, down, everything's gone. That's right. So you're going to send, you're going to send the, you're going to use wireless devices to send it to the box that's, you know, on the other corner and then around and around. The issue with that is if one of those boxes loses power or if the main box loses power for some reason or internet goes down, you're in trouble, right? Um, so, so that's, that's that's one of the things you got to be careful of. You have to make sure that internet's up. If if we don't have power and we don't have internet, we're basically blind. Right. Now, walk me through the process. Like, if someone wants to get a hold of you, you guys go out and do a um, like a security audit with the clients. You try to figure out what their key areas are because 
you know, just because I think this area needs to be looked at, you know, um, you guys probably have a better sense of what people are usually looking at either to, you know, break in or, or trespass on a yeah, site. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, we usually start off with a, with an online consultation just to kind of go over the technology in more detail. Um, you know, uh, due to some, some movies and shows on site, I mean, uh, online nowadays, people have the wrong impression of what a, a security camera can do. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get a lot of, uh, people saying, oh, well, can you mount it on that building across the street? And it's like, yeah, well, <laughs> you're not going to really see much. It's going to look like <laughs> a bunch of ants walking around. Right. So, right. uh, or, or they'll see, you know, they'll see online, they'll see something like, oh, I saw these 30 megapixel cameras. Can you put those in? And it's like, well, you know, for video monitoring, we don't necessarily need the best image quality. What we need is an alert that can get to our station as fast as possible, right? So we try to balance it between good video quality and speed. Um, because, you know, I don't care if the guy is wearing a red shirt or if he's, you know, uh, what do you, I, I just need to know that that person jumped over the fence. As soon as I see that they jumped over the fence, I don't care what they look like. You can trigger the alarm. Or that's right. We're going to, we're going to intervene police. and we're going to get them out of there. Right. Um, then that, that's really our number one goal is to intervene and, and, and get them out. Cause you don't want to call. I mean, we can call the police, right. Um, and send the police around, but at the end of the day, they, they have better things to do. And, you know, we can't control how fast the police is going to get to your site. Um, so what we do is we intervene with a siren or a strobe, which is the first thing we do. We just hit a button, a strobe light goes on and, and a siren goes off. Uh, or we do a voice down over a speaker saying, hey, to the guy in the red shirt, please move on. This site is monitored. Has a system like that ever malfunctioned? Like, uh, what would you do in a situation? I'm sure it has. It's, it's, it's technology, right? Yeah. Like they don't, sometimes, the, you know, as much as we try, they, it, doesn't, it doesn't work all the time, right? So what, what do you guys do in a situation like that? Yeah, in, that, in those situations, there's two things. Either, uh, and it's unfortunate for the, for the people on site. But if, uh, you know, we've had situations where the siren has broken down or, you know, malfunction. And, and you know, we don't know it because we press the button and, and we don't hear it, right? Because we're on the other side. But the, the thing is, they don't hear it. So you can see that they don't react, right? They don't look up at the cameras and they just keep doing what they're doing. The next the next move is to call the police, right? Uh, and, and typically when you're calling the police for a video alarm, it's uh, we're calling it in as a crime in progress. And there's a difference between an alarm, like your, your standard home alarm system, which is basically that it's called an alarm. That goes, that goes like to number six on the police uh, priority list, which is... Very low. I don't know if you've ever had an alarm at your house. Oh, yeah. They're probably not going to show up anytime soon. Actually, we um, had it once over here. They showed up in uh, 15 minutes. Oh, really? <laughs> we, we, we live in a small-ish town compared to, uh, compared to the big city. But, okay. Uh, I think it was just a slow day. But anyway. Yeah, but that happens, right? Like, <laughs> I've happens. seen that happen, too, where, where I've, you know, I've, I've kind of made fun of it to people. I say, oh, how long did they take? Just like now. And they're like, oh, they were there in 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> hey, it happens, right? But, it happens. But, you know, we're, we're, we're in, um, uh, in a liability world where it's, you know, you always... Uh, look at the worst case scenario, especially when it comes to security. You get to say, hey, they could take an hour or two. We don't they know. Could. It depends. Yeah, especially with an alarm. It's it's low priority, right? So um, the number one priority is crime is a crime in progress. And you can't call in a crime in progress unless you see it or you hear it, right? So we're watching it on camera. We're calling it in saying, hey, somebody's trespassing. Somebody broke in. That's That goes to number one on the police list. And typically we're seeing, you know, 10 minute, 15 minute time, sometimes faster um, before they can get on site. Uh, but again, it's it's better off that we intervene. We hit the siren and strobe and they get out of there. 
So how far can you see with one of these cameras? Like, are you able to, uh, I know you said you you try to get the fine balance with, between obviously cost versus video quality, uh, but how far can you generally see? Are you able to give some sort of a description? I'm sure yeah. a basic description you can give, but how far can some of these cameras see? So as far, okay. So if you, if you're during the day and during the night are two different things, and then lighting is a big, uh, a big issue. So let's, let's say, uh, in the city, uh, you know, where it's fairly well lit, there's a lot of street lights around, um, during the day, I can't, one of these cameras could see a dump truck with its bed up. Like, I don't know if that's what you call it, but like mm -hmm. dumping something, yeah. you can see that probably about 250 feet away. Um, maybe even a little bit further. Now, I don't think we'll be able to identify and say, hey, that guy's dumping where he's not supposed to be dumping, but we'll get a good shot of it, a good video. And if somebody came in your site during the day and dumped, we would be able to say, oh, there's that blue truck. Yeah, it's 300 feet away, but it's clearly dumping where it's not supposed to be dumping. At night, you um, that's that's probably gonna be cut in half to about 150, 100 feet um, to, to be able to identify like, or trigger an alarm it's even a little bit less. So we can trigger, we can we can have our system trigger an alarm about a hundred feet away accurately. Um, so if you can picture the side of a condo, let's say a fence line, right? With no distract, like with nothing obstructing the view, you, you can see about a hundred, 150 feet away. You'll be able to see somebody kind of perch and jump over a fence and uh, they're very small, but the, the, the analytics should pick it up. Now, now, is there a difference in your systems? Like does any of your systems include audio? Um, or is it more just as a visual in terms of security? Because yeah, the only reason I'm asking is because obviously there's one thing is that, you know, for construction sites, but on an ongoing basis in case you want it, if, you know, for me, it's my work is mainly on the interiors, right? So having uh, a system included in an interior where it has some sort of sound as well sometimes helps because sometimes, you know, there are blind spots. You, you mentioned at night the visibility isn't there, but there could be sound as well, right? Yes. Uh, so what do you mean by sound? Like, do you want to be able like an audio, like not you want to be able to hear what's happening? Like it's not, not as clear as we're talking right now necessarily, but you can hear some noises. You can hear a ruffling. You can hear whatever dragging on the floor or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can definitely add audio to, um, to security cameras. A lot of them do come with audio plugin. Uh, as far as using them for security purposes, it's, you, you would have to, the only way it would work is if you have, uh, you know, and you're doing a construction, like interior construction in a small space, let's say a restaurant, um, that, that would work because it should be quiet. And, you know, if somebody's breaking in, they're not going to be tippy towing, uh, tiptoeing around trying to, uh, you know, steal the place. Uh, they're going to be making noise. So definitely you could, you could listen in and, and hear what's going on, but it's, it's not as effective as a visual, right. You're being able to see what's going on. Yeah. So, so now is it more, has it evolved more to the, from the technology side? Cause it, cause you, you're the way you're explaining it is, um, you do have somebody remotely, uh, I'm assuming that kind of monitors this once the triggers come up, um, are your clients able to pull, pull up the security feed on their computer or smartphone as well, if they wanted to, or is that you guys just look after everything? It's a, like a stress-free solution for them. They don't have to worry. You guys are on top of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of both. So it's we we take care of everything. So we're uh, part of our fee includes service maintenance support. Uh, we also do video searches. So if something happens uh, during the day where you know somebody stole somebody's tools, you'd give us a call. We would do the video search and provide it for you. Uh, we'll deal with the police. 
Uh, and we'll also give you access to the camera so you can have it on your phone or on your laptop and, and be able to watch it yourself. A lot of a lot of people use it for ma a management tool um, during the day. They want to see what's going on or they want to you know, make sure that uh, materials dropped off. Instead of having to drive down to the site, you can use your cameras as a management tool. Um, and you'd be surprised how many things happen during the day. So we, we get a lot of calls for um, items going missing or, or safety issues, you know, uh, happening hand during the day. leaving the job site. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, that goes, that's going, going missing a lot lately too, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, we've gotten some funny calls. I mean, we even got a call in a, in a residential area that was half built and some people were living in there already and a lady lost her cat. And, you know, she saw the cameras up and she called the builder, the builder called us and, you know, we, unfortunately we couldn't find it, but, um, you know, it, we, we do get called for a lot of different, uh, different types of searches. When you talk about residential, is it more, uh, on a larger subdivision, um, style that, that, that looks after access points specifically, and obviously on the, on the interiors as well, or is it more like a one-off kind of thing? Uh, it, it's it's a mix. So we'll have, you know, full sites where there's a, a few hundred houses being built and we're covering all the entrances with license plate readers. And then we're covering all the sites in the areas that are, you know, homes that are built. Uh, and then there's there's some that are just building, you know, two or three homes in, a, in an area like uh, it, they call it infill, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they want us to watch those two or three cameras, those two or three houses go up. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a big mix. I mean, we do or anything that's under construction, as long as there's power, there's uh, there's a way to monitor it. So how do you, how do you, uh, distinguish between on those specific sites, the larger ones, people who have moved in versus not, I mean, because some of those residents might complain that they might be, you know, privacy is everything to people nowadays, yeah. right? So how do you, how do you, uh, balance the two? It happens. I mean, uh, you know, it happened just actually a few, a couple of weeks ago where we did uh, three or four sites for a customer and on one of them in the city, their neighbor was complaining that, Hey, you know, these cameras are looking in my direction and, and privacy issues. And so we, we do get that question from time to time. I think we get it less now than we did 10 years ago because people are just used to being filmed, but, um, within the camera software, you can actually block out, um, and mask out areas that you don't want to watch. So if I'm watching a subdivision and there's, you know, 10 houses in a row that are being built, then I could mask out, you know, I can just watch those 10 houses and ignore everything else. Um, and that's kind of how we get around it. So we do get the question from time to time. Sometimes we'll provide a, a snapshot of the video, just to show them like, Hey, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not looking in your living room. This is exactly what we're watching. Um, or, you know, sometimes we'll have to go and just move the cameras in a different area or move and catch them from a different angle so that uh, we can make those people feel comfortable. Very nice. Now, have you, have you been involved with any of the interiors? Um, I only ask, I think I, I started off the show by saying, you know, I mainly do interiors, but I've never, I've never thought about using a system like yours. I've always thought about, Hey, maybe I gotta, got, gotta get one of those smart, um, Wi-Fi cameras cause it's such a small space. Right. Uh, but have you been doing any of these or is there, is there, I'm sure, I mean, we talked about it. There is a need for it, but. Yeah, we've, uh, so, so for interior spaces, the, the systems are smaller. We're typically putting in, uh, you know, one or two cameras. Uh, so we have these cameras that actually plug right into uh, a network switch or, or a modem. Um, everything is recorded on the camera, all the software, everything's right built right into the camera. So you could actually, for if you're, if you're doing interior construction, you can actually buy two or three of these cameras, 
pop them in um, and and use them for the duration of construction, and then you know move them to another site or, or move them along to. Would we still be able to use your service of the remote monitoring as well if we if we wanted to as well, in addition to us checking it on our you know yeah absolutely. So as far as a camera goes, if it gives a feed, we can watch it. Um, it is a little more complicated than that because we do have software that it has to tie into and all, but, but that's all done on the back end that we'll take care of. Part of the reason why I was in it, uh, I was interested is because I'm sure there, there could be a need where, um, you know, a system like this could be designed for an interior space where like me as a contractor could potentially, uh, move it on to the client as well. Cause we mainly do restaurants and, um, not as many offices, but mainly restaurants and video surveillance. They do have a lot of that those features in there. Have you ever heard of an opportunity like that where you could kind of do a hybrid kind of solution where the contractor uses it initially and then it kind of moves over to, you know, the owner operator where now he gets the benefit as well and kind of the costs are shared? Yeah, I mean, it's the only thing you have to be careful of with that is when when the site is under construction, it's messy. You know, there's there's a lot of damage that could take place. Um, yeah, and so that that's that's one thing that that is a little bit of a hurdle because you know, hey, I don't want to, you know, how much am I paying for these cameras and you're using them for for construction purposes? Um, so you know, as long as you're strategically moving these and putting them in a place, they they should be fine. Um, and then the the second part is the 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 cameras because there's so many different types of technology out there something that you would use for a restaurant wouldn't be the same that you would use for, let's say a large, you know, manufacturing plant. Right. Um, so there, there would have to be some consultation done with the end user, uh, the owner, and just you know show them the platform, show them the cameras that they're getting this way. They feel more comfortable knowing, okay, yeah, the, the, this is the system I want to go with. Um, sure. I, I'd, I'd be willing to split a little bit of cost with my contractor to, to put them in during construction. Uh, so, I mean, it's definitely doable. But I guess it depends on the end solution, right? Yeah, the the end user. So using it for construction is a little bit different than how uh, you know a restaurant's going to use it. They're going to want to have. They're going to want to be able to see you know uh, different areas. Make sure they have certain software features like statistics of who's coming in and how many people are coming in. There's there's a few different things that they they might want to do. Right? right, right. You know, part of this whole uh, podcast is also talking about kind of where we're going. Stuff that maybe is out there that people don't know about and stuff. Are there some kind of uh, green? kind of technologies like solar powered cameras that are being used out there or, you know, in our climate up here in Canada, maybe not, might not be the best. Yeah. It's uh solar powered is, is not really, um, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not, Canada is not so conducive to, to solar powered. We tried them a few years ago, um, in the city, uh, in Toronto and we had a site which just didn't have power and they wanted to cover as a, as a big client of ours and they wanted to get this construction area covered. Um, so, you know, I went out, we purchased two panels, uh, two solar panels, pretty big ones. Uh, we purchased, I think three or four batteries and, you know, set this whole contraption up on a, on a post. Uh, and, you know, what we found from it was one camera with a recorder and with a cellular modem would record fine and be working perfectly if it was a sunny day. And you need to get, you know, a good eight to 10 hours of, of solid sun. Uh, then it would find it'd be, it work throughout the night. But as soon as there was a little bit of overcast or even like a, a cloudier day, it would, you know, that, that, that camera would turn off and we were just constantly driving back and forth, trying to fix it, trying to turn it on. And it got to the point where it just didn't make sense. I mean, to put all that investment into just power up one camera and then have a solution that's not even that reliable. Um, 
you know, the last thing I want, the, the, the last, the last thing any security person wants is, is to be called out the next morning and said, Hey, yeah, we came into the site and everything is missing. I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the answer of all oh, the, yeah, the solar, the batteries ran out is not really going to sit well with people. So we kind of moved out of that space. I'm sure something like that has happened uh, before. Um, uh, so you guys were maybe a little bit better prepared, right? Like, how would you deal with a situation if something like that did happen? If like you when know, you come into a site and, and yeah, just so, you know, it's not solar power, but you come into a site, you notice yeah. something's off, something might be missing. Uh, they call you guys and you're like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I got uh, fuzz going on. Like, how do you how do you deal with a situation like that? Yeah. So I mean, look, it, uh, I'll be honest. It no matter what you're doing, um, whether you're getting a security guard sitting there or you're getting cameras or whatever you're going to do, there's always going to be a little bit of a, a flaw in it, Risk. right? Nothing is perfect. Um, security guards could fall asleep and security cameras, live monitoring could break down, right? Uh, it doesn't happen often, but, but it does happen. So, so, you know, the, the biggest things, again, like I said, is power and internet. Um, and we could, I always say this to customers with cameras and, and live and live monitoring, the more cameras you put in, the better, right? Because we want to catch every angle that we can possibly catch. Um, obviously, people have a budget, so they try to kind of tone down the amount of cameras we put in. And then there's restrictions on where we can put power. So with the setups that we do, I would say nine, eight to nine out of 10 times, we're catching thieves because most people are just driving up to the front of the, the place, you know, scoping it out. And by then we've caught them and, and yell at them and they leave. But there's the smart people that that know how to get around the system and that happens so that happens, you know yeah. it does happen we're in the world of playing catch up usually to the people yes. that want to break the rules right just yeah and just it's just the way it is right exactly and 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 for me and my and my staff we, i always say the same thing look we're, we're not perfect nobody's perfect when this happens we're we're there to you know assist the customer and do the video search and you know there's no lying involved we just have to figure out what went wrong and discuss how we can fix it for next time right um and you know it's uh it's it's just one of those things i completely agree with you at the end of the day there one of my mentors said there really are no guarantees in life no <laughs> you know what i mean at the end of the day there really aren't no there's not and but i mean having the system aside from some of the benefits that you said i'm sure it has some other ancillary benefits as well i'm sure insurance company would love something like this because like you mentioned it's a live video uh, and it gets bumped up uh, on the police on the police list if if need be, right? Yeah, it is, and and actually um, we are and we're all we are an alternative solution to security guards. We're an approved alternative to secure uh, security guards. So most uh, insurance providers will ask you to you know in, in order to insure you will ask you to get a security guard to watch the site um or use a live video monitoring uh, uh station or video monitoring solution now the key with video monitoring solution if you want it to be insurance approved is that you have to be able to cover 100 percent of the site and that's usually difficult because um you have to get power you have to make sure that you're covering the perimeter of the site um so it has to be designed but that's the kind right of funny way because a security guard can't cover. And that's and that's what I say all the time. And and you know, it's um the, the two things I hear all the time is that is like, oh well, you know, I've talked to insurance companies before and, and they keep bringing up the same point uh, for the last 10 years is the same point and it doesn't make sense to me. And they say, Oh, well, a security guard, because uh, a security guard can smell fire and the cameras can't detect fire. And I and I always say, but I mean, <laughs> how are they gonna smell the fire? I mean, they're they're sitting in their car and if they're they can on smell this, the fire, it might be too late. 
It might be too if they, if you have they're smelling if they're relying on their their smell for this fire, it's, you got problems happening, right? Um, so you know the security guard again. The security guard can't see the whole site all at once. They can't see if a site if if it's you know if something's burning in a certain area. Um, so again, there, there's there's fault. There's plus and minuses to both, right? Uh, it depends on what you want to do. I mean, we've we've had sites and and it's crazy. We've had sites where we had full coverage. Okay. And, and, and where we have every street, every corner covered on this site, we have a security guard walking around. Okay. So, I mean, how much more, how much more secure could this be? And sure enough, there was one morning the, the site super gets in there, um, goes into the, into the building and finds that, uh, there was a bunch of material missing, uh, copper was missing. You know, they call out the first call us to us and they, I can't believe this happened. And we're like, well, why we can't, did you talk to the security guard? Cause they, they hired a separate security guard company and they're like, uh, Oh no, that's a good idea. Let's talk to the security guard. And you know, maybe he was falling asleep. So, you know, we checked the video and sure enough, this guy's walking around steady every 15 minutes, he's walking around every corner. So how, how does somebody get by all those cameras? We had about 15 cameras on site, a security guard that's actually doing his job and walking around cause we're recording him and watching him. And yet somebody was able to get in here and, and, uh, and, and rob the place blind. Right. Um, so the sophisticated thieves, that's they're just they're gonna get they're gonna get it in somehow. Sounds like an Italian job style. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, as. It's true. It's true. And I have more theories. I could talk to you about it off, uh, off uh, yeah, because uh, I had my theories on what was going on at that site. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, uh, going based on what you're saying, because I, I guess that site had two different had both your yeah. option um, and also a live security guard. But um, what about? Like, what are some of the main differences between having either? You know what I mean? Okay, so I mean, with with a guard, what I'll usually say is is let's say you have a um, a condo site that's you know a new condo that's going up, and you're you're receiving uh, material throughout the evening and throughout the, you know sometimes when they're pouring concrete, they're pouring twenty four hours, forty eight hours straight, right? Um, so if they have if they have to direct traffic or they have to you know check license plates, check you know, do, do more than just, uh, for theft, then a security guard is, is where, you know, comes in handy. Cause you have that person that's there and he's kind of, uh, the main contact on site. Um, so they can do those things. They can go inside of a condo when it's, you know, half built and walk all the floors to make sure that there's no floods and make sure that there's nothing happening or, you know, something left on uh, a human can do that. Uh, a camera can't where, where the cameras come, um, kind of have, have the advantage is, Number one, you know, you can't intimidate any cameras. So somebody that's getting paid 14 bucks, 15 bucks an hour as a security guard. I mean, how, how willing are they going to be to go jump into a situation and, and put themselves in danger? Right. Uh, whereas with cameras, that's not that's not going to happen. I mean, we're watching it remotely. They can do whatever they want. They can kick the cameras down and we've already seen them by then. Um, so that's number one. Number two is we can cover more areas. So if you have an industrial building, Again, we can watch inside, we can watch outside, we can watch around the building all at once, right? So a guard who's kind of patrolling that area, if you if you really want to get in, you're going to sit there and watch that person walk and time them. And then once he gets to the other side of the building, you're going to go in and do what you have to do. Whereas a security camera system, you can't do that. It's going to be watching the whole the whole thing, right? Um, so th those are kind of the two the two differences between uh, the, the, the systems or the solutions. Yeah, I was touching on earlier about the like the different kinds of technology. I know we talked about solar, uh, but given the current um, crisis 
uh, climate we're in right now with with COVID nineteen. Uh, are there some new technologies with security cameras? I I know I've seen and read about uh, smart boots, construction boots, where oh really? It, it uh, yeah they they they're, they're, they measure the stress levels and how how they're walking and the heartbeat and everything like that. Is there something? I, I'm sure there's there's there might be some applications uh, as it pertains to that as well. Yeah, like maybe there it is. started before, but now maybe they're. They're taking hold a little bit more strongly, right? Yeah, and you know, you got to be careful. Um, you know, being in the industry, we we see it happen all the time where people come up with technology just to just to market it and, and catch attention, and that's kind of what's happening right now with uh, uh, fever detection cameras. We're seeing that all over the place. Fever detection cameras. Some are some are going as far as calling them coronavirus detection cameras, um, and I, it's it's in my opinion, it's it's BS because. How, you know, what do you, first of all, what are you going to do with this camera? You're going to put it up and, and it's going to detect a fever. And then what are you going to, you know, stop this guy and take but the do temperature? They detect a fever? Like what if somebody was running and wanted to go get a coffee? Well, and, and that, that's what I mean, it, right? right? Like that's like, uh, how, how is it going to be, how, how are you going to kind of tell the difference between somebody's a little bit hotter than the other? And what, what if they're, what if they're, you know, asymptomatic where they don't have any, uh, any, uh, symptoms. Right. Um, so, so that's a big thing happening right now. I'm doing a lot of research on that and, and trying to provide customers with the, with the right information because we're getting a lot of calls for it. There's, Oh, you know, the fear detection cameras, can we put them in? And, and the first question I ask is like, okay, well, what, what are you, what are you expecting from this thing? Right? Like, what are you expecting from it for it to do? I mean, it's not a video it, doctor. Yeah. It's not a video <laughs> doctor. I mean, if you, if sure, if, if the government says, uh, Hey, listen, you can open up your manufacturing plant again, if you put in a fever detection camera, fine, you know, go uh, knock yourself, uh, knock yourself out. But if you're actually doing it for, uh, safety purposes, cause you want to monitor this, it's, it's, it's just not going to work properly. I mean, you're still going to have to have somebody standing there taking temperatures and, and, and like you said, let's say, let's say you go for a run, you come back, you're hot. And what are, what are you supposed to do? I mean, okay, go home. I mean, I don't know. Does, does it yeah, I mean, but have you found anything? I mean, you know, everyone now, uh, you know, is, is hoping to get back into the workplace and there is, there's a few things out there. There's a few that, that, um, you know, out of, out of the, the 40 or 30 or 40 that I've actually read up about, there's a handful that actually could detect the, uh, difference in temperature on, on a human skin like on human skin. Uh, so technically you could have that mounted, let's say a manufacturing plant. I don't know. That's the first thing that comes to my head. You, you have one entrance, everybody's walking in, you know, you can have a security guard sitting there that's, you know, off to the side who's monitoring, looking at this monitor and the, 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 the camera is kind of just showing him what everybody's temperature is. If it's over a certain amount, you can kind of ask them to move over to the side and, and, you know, I don't know what, uh, take your temperature again, I guess. Um, and they're accurate, but they're expensive. I mean, you're looking at, you know, 10 to $15,000 for oh, wow. one camera, then you got to wow. install have it. And you, and you have to have a person there as well. And then you have to have a person there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm actually doing a lot of research on it. Um, so do you now. see something like this actually working for a construction site? I'm sure you, like you mentioned some of the steps and stuff, but you know, it could be, yeah. I mean, to, to reopen construction sites, I mean, you could, you could, I guess it really comes down to how, how you're going to, you know, what steps you're going to take to reopen and, and if you're allowed to reopen, but you could technically have one of these cameras sitting at the front. Um, people walking in, it's taking their temperature. It sends an alert. If something is, is abnormal or, you know, it, it, it turns on a siren. I mean, it sounds a little bit silly as I say it, but um, you technically could use it, but it's still, it's still a little bit too early to, I, I don't know how many of these have successfully been, 
installed and working. I, I think there's more hype about them than there are about uh, like a, than there is actual proof that they work. Um, I tend to agree with you because I mean, video cameras, I mean, by their nature are an extension of our visual interpretation, our personal visual interpretation of events too, right? Mm -hmm. So somebody could come in um, like for me, I, even before we had the, the shutdown, I had people signing off on, you know, that they hadn't interacted with anybody, so on and so forth, that they weren't coughing, wh whatever the symptoms were. Yeah. And obviously if I saw somebody coughing or, you know what I mean? Had some of those symptoms, I'd take them over. I'm sure the same thing you could extrapolate to a, to your standard video surveillance. Hey, if somebody's on site and they don't seem to be doing too well in terms of just the way they walk or coughing yeah. or you could interpret visually the same way. You exactly. And and you can interpret it, I guess, from a, from a distance, right? So, you know, you could technically say, sure, if somebody's running a little bit harder than normal, then let's just take precautions and have them stay home. Right. And, uh, and that, that, that's going to give you that much more of an advantage, um, to, to make sure that nothing is getting spread. But again, it's all, it's all, it all depends on, on how you're going to use it. I mean, I've seen some horrible marketing out there of, of, you know, like, like I said before, coronavirus detectors and as they call, come on, you can't, you can't say that. I mean, don't call it that. Right. Yeah. But people have a lot of time now too. <laughs> they do. I know they, it's true. <laughs> it's true. So they're, they're constantly thinking about, you know, different ways to, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it might do 20% of what is needed for safety. And, but maybe they're focusing on too much on that 20% without it being more of a guarantee, right? That's true. That's true. I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be releasing on our website, a public, like a, a kind of a piece on, on all the different ones that are available and how you would actually use these things, uh, in the real world. So I, I should have that ready in the next, uh, in the next week or so. Awesome. Um, yeah. So we'll see, we'll see how, how it comes out. So what's next for, for spotter. I know when you first started, you had this vision, what are you foreseeing next for uh, the world of security systems. Do you see it evolving into something a little bit different, a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a different question now than it was, I guess, eight weeks ago because of, uh, of everything that's going on. Um, what I see now uh, is a little more of do-it-yourself. You know, uh, where we we were a full, you know, we're a full service provider, right? So we're installing, we're maintaining, we're supporting, but we're getting a lot of people asking questions around like, Oh, can I, can I buy the equipment and mount it myself? Or can I buy the equipment and monitor it myself? Um, so we're exploring some options, uh, of, you know, instead of do it yourself, maybe something around the lines of we'll help you do it yourself. Right. Um, you want to put a system in and you want to save a little bit of money. Uh, we can come out there. We could show you what needs to be done. We'll sell you the equipment. You, you know, you can you can go pop it in, screw it in. We'll come out and and um, and uh, what's it called? Commission it and make sure it's working, and then we'll support it for you afterwards. Uh, I guess so the commissioning part is important too because you want yeah, to be able to make sure it works. say yes, it was installed properly. Yes, we yeah. can properly see everything. Yes, it's connected to our system and. And the long list of items you need to check off before a system goes live. That's right. And, and we're starting to see, and then, and then as far as technology goes, I mean, we're starting to see some really cool technology come out. I mean, people in vehicle detection was cool 10 years ago. Now we're at the point where, um, you know, you can actually do stuff like appearance search. So I could actually take uh, my, my video surveillance, let's say it's watching, a, a, I don't know, a big gigantic yard. And I see a person in red walking around. I could actually highlight that person and say, show me anywhere else this person is in my video surveillance footage. And it'll just kind of search the database and pull that person up or something that looks like similar to that person. So um, it's getting it's getting really advanced. I mean, uh, we have stuff that's called uh, unusual motion detection. 
So you can actually have cameras just said, there's no calibration involved. You just put the camera up and the camera starts to learn. So let's say it looks at a parking lot, right? And, and, um, and this might be a terrible example. Actually, I got a good example. Let's say you, you have a, um, a warehouse and you have racking, you know, a rack, a bunch of racks going up in the, in the warehouse. And this camera is sitting there and it's watching your daily activity. It's going to learn that people drive the forklift left and right and they walk, you know, in the east and west or north and south up the aisles. Uh, and then what it will do is it'll flag unusual motion detection. So let's say somebody takes a ladder and puts it up against the rack and tries to go up the, the rack with a ladder rather, you know, for safety issues, you can't do that. You need a, you need a lift, right? Um, let's say they put a, a ladder up, the camera can actually detect and say, Hey, this, this doesn't seem right. And it can send an alert. It can email, it'll email you the clip or it'll email you an alert saying, Hey, you should take a look at this. I'm not sure that this is, this is normal. Right. Um, so, so we're seeing some some really neat stuff from that perspective. That's, cool. That's almost like a preventative health and safety. It um, is fun yeah. functionality. It is, and I, and I can't tell you how like we we do a lot of work in the in uh, large corporations and manufacturing plants, and for them it's more about safety than it is about security. Um, so you you know they're looking at it more from a standpoint of are my people are are my employees. Uh, you know, doing what they were trained to do, right? Are they driving the forklift where they're supposed to drive the forklift? Are they putting the stuff where they're supposed to? It's more for, for that purpose than it is for for um, security. So they're getting kind of, uh, you know, a it's amazing you say that because uh, I was thinking about that too. Yes, security is one thing, but some of my challenges too is uh, all everyone's remote. Everyone's on a project site for me and I can have... Um, safety checks and health and safety books and sign offs until I'm blue in the face. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know what, all it takes for them is to get on a ladder and stand on that very top platform. And I'm yep. calling it a platform because it's not a step for something could go wrong. Absolutely. And then you're liable for it. Right? You're, you're, right. it's, it's on you. And I, I wonder, you know, you just gave me an idea. I mean, I wonder how, if, if you'd be able to, you know, every construction site needs a site super, right? So, yes you can't have workers or, or contractors on a site without a site super being present from, from what I understand. Um, legally. Yes. Yes. Uh, unfor unfortunately, um, right. <laughs> sometimes that doesn't always actually legally, if there are, uh, three or less, um, workers on from one trade on a site, you do not need a subcon, uh, you don't need a, a site super, right. but if you have multiple trades on a job site, then you definitely need a site super. Right. So how about, and, and, and um, I, this is on record, I'm copywriting this. How about the virtual site super where you can have your, you know, you have your space as long as the whole area is covered by cameras and, you know, you can, you can watch what's happening. You have everybody's phone number. You can call them if something's going wrong or if they're doing something they're not supposed to do. And you can kind of visually check up on people. Um, you can have, you know, I mean, that, that, that might be an idea right there where you can, you can kind of save some costs and, and, and I, I don't know if legally it's allowed, but, I um, know uh, I don't think so. I mean, yeah. when, this has been a recurring theme in most of my conversations. Our industry is slow to adapt to change. Oh, I know. Um, extremely slow. We we love the tried, trust, uh, tested <laughs> methods. Uh, no, that that's fine. You know, but that doesn't mean there might be better solutions out there. But yeah, going based on what you're saying, e even if it doesn't fully replace, but instead it it it, it, su it supplements additionally, like you said earlier, a security guard can't watch 100% of the of a project site, much no. like a site super. If there are 20 people on a project site, he's not going to see all 20 people <laughs> at, at every single point in time. Exactly. And, and, and he's 
you know, he's the supervisor, he's liable for these people. You know, if somebody goes, like you said, and, and decides to start going, you know, stretch too far on a ladder, I mean, he's not going to be right there watching them. Right. Um, and, and then there's always the, the aftermath of, of an incident where, you know, he said, she said this person, that person, unfortunately it becomes that, which is, which is horrible. Right. Yeah. And most times these accidents happen on a coffee break. The super goes for a coffee break or the foreman or the, the subs foreman goes for a coffee break. And that's when something happens. Not always, but by and large. Yeah, I know. You know what I am liking about the, um, so you said the construction industry is very slow to adapt and, you know, I've always complained about that. And one of the biggest complaints was the weekly site meetings. Um, so any construction project we're on, it's, I'd say, Hey, we're having a meeting on Mondays from, you know, this thing seems to go on forever. And, you know, you sit there with all the trades and you talk about drywall and then electrical, and then finally gets the security and yep, nothing. And then you get in your car and you drive home, um, with, with the work from home, um, state that everybody's in, it's forced every, it's forced the construction industries to start using, uh, you know, remote meetings and, and, uh, conference calls and, and stuff like that, which, you know, in the corporate world we've been using for 20 years. Um, and, and I'm liking it cause you can sit there, you can jump on a, on a construction meeting for 45 minutes. Everybody gets to the point fast and, and we move on to the next thing. Right. And quick. They don't want to be sitting in front of the computers that often. Right. So I know, I know. I, so I'm liking I, that. Yeah. I com I completely agree with you. It's, you know, uh, unfortunately we are mandated every week to have those meetings and discuss everything on an ongoing basis because things change and new personnel comes on site. So, but you're right, you know, things can be a lot shorter and a lot more concise if people want it to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I mean, those, those meetings, some days, sometimes they were just, that was my day. I had to drive, you know, I had to drive a half an hour or an hour in traffic, sit there. And then, you know, you chit chat, you have a coffee, you talk, and then by the time this thing is done, you're like, I'm just going to go home and go to bed. Right. It's, uh, it's, it's way too long. <laughs> well, you know what, it's been fantastic talking to you. Uh, you know, I, I've learned a lot more and how I could potentially use it on some of my sites. And, uh, you know, hopefully there are a few people out there that do need it. Uh, but where can people find you, uh, Carlo? Or where can people find Spotter Security if they wanted to find out more about you guys and get a hold of you? Well, they can just go right on our website, spottersecurity.com. And, uh, you know, all our contact information is there. And, um, you know, you can you can reach us right from that site. Well, thanks a lot for having me. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And um, hopefully I, I was uh, able to provide some information. Ah, Carlo, you definitely did. I'm quite sure our listeners found the insights on the supposed COVID-19 video systems that are just eye openers and shows the real need for research. We can't just believe the hype. Thank you once again for jumping on board this ride with us today on all things security related. If you got any thoughts, concepts, or ideas, please do not hesitate to reach out and let me know at podcast at raulfaria.com. That's podcast at R-A-H-U-L-F-A-R-I-A.com. Now for our next show, we're going to pivot a bit and talk about sustainability. What is sustainable design or for that matter, sustainable construction? Is it actually cost prohibitive? Are there too many hurdles to jump over? Paul Dossett from Sustainable joins us next. Mm -hmm.